0: the crucifixion, and they compelled a passer-by, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right And one on his left and those who passed by derided him wagging their heads and saying aha you would who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days save yourself and come down from the cross so also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another saying he saved others he cannot save himself let the christ the king of israel come down now from the cross that we may see and believe those who crucified him crucified with him also reviled him the death of jesus And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, Lema Samak Bathi, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that it was he, breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. There were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him. And there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem.
1: Abandonment. It's something that we see happen here. And it's really a trope that we spend a lot of time seeing in most popular culture. A trope is something that is used over and over and over again to show certain things. Here we see the trope of a father abandoning his son. If you've watched Home Alone or any Disney movie, you've seen where the parent is either killed or leaves or some tragedy happens and the child is left alone. My dad, as he was growing up, feared that his parents would leave him, so much so that at one point in his life, at lunch, he would leave primary school to run home to make sure they hadn't moved. There was one time they had, and they'd forgotten to tell him. They'd just moved a couple of houses down. You can imagine the heartache that my dad felt. He's probably still scarred right now. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We hear that cry and it brings to mind the mystery of the Trinity. (laughs) How is it that this God man could scream out to who he is, why have you forsaken me? For those of us who believe in the Trinity, that believe that God is three in one, that He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, how is it that at this moment, Jesus cries out, why have you forsaken me? The first thing that we recognize is that it's about a prophecy. Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And every good Jewish scribe and Sadducee and Pharisee and person knows that that's the first line from Psalm 22. Listen to this psalm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts the Lord, they say. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb, and you made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you I was cast from birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me. The strong bulls of Bashan, they surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my chest. My strength is dried up like a pot shed. And my tongue sticks to my jaws; you lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me, and evil company—a company of evildoers—encircle me. They have pierced my hands and feet; I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothes they cast lots. Does that not sound familiar? You see, Jesus in his agony, the God man, the first person, second person of the Trinity, looks up and he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? as a prophecy, a reminder of it, to say, Look, this is God's plan. He's been about it all along. But the reality is, it's not just about the prophecy. It's also about pain. Think about it. The God who created the very trees that were cut down to build the cross. The God who in His foreknowledge before the foundation of the world knew each individual person who would scream out Hosanna a week ago and crucify Him that day. The God who understood how He would bring the knowledge of making Iron, smelting it, forming it to become the nails and stakes that are driven into his own hands. The God who understood that I'm making this flesh on these humans. And in making it, it will be able to be torn apart by a whip that will come down on my own body. And I will press it against the wood. At that moment, the God-man, this mystery of the Trinity, he says out loud in pain, knowing that everything is broken, that everything has fallen down, that there is repair that needs to take place, and the only way that it can be taken place, the only way it can happen is through his own death. The second person of the Trinity, who's so used to the ever giving, steadfast love dance that he has been in with the Father and Spirit, feels separation for the first time and cries out in pain. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But it's not just about pain, it's about the promise. The promise that this God who is willing to go to a cross opens the door for all. When we see the image of the cross, when we focus on the pain and we hear those cries of abandonment that say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Often we can step back and say, I cannot believe God would do that to His own Son." But the promise is this. The cross is not something God has done to Jesus. The cross is something that God has done as Jesus. This is not the outpouring of wrath upon humanity. This is God becoming fully love. Complete love ultimate self-sacrificing love. And that's why there's a promise. He cries out, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" so that we know this was God's plan all along, that we know that he will enter into the pain that we have of separation and that then he brings it to completion by giving himself completely so that we can now walk into the holy of holies. That's the reason why it's so beautiful that Mark reminds us that the curtain rips from the top to the bottom. It rips that separation from the holy of holies. It says, "No, you don't have to be special. You don't have have to be unique. You now are allowed to come in because I have made the way. And then to prove his point even more, to show this self-sacrificing love is for all. He lets us know that it's a Roman and women who are the witness. Now think about that. The first person to testify in all of the book of Mark that this is the Son of God, is a Roman centurion. By saying that, he has just ruined his life because his allegiance is to the Son of God, Caesar. And he says, nope, that's not it. And then he reminds us that there are women that are present that are watching and seeing and understanding. And so there's a promise for all of us within the cross. A promise of knowing that in it, God became love completely so that we could be in whole relationship with Him, with ourselves, with all others, and with the place that He's put us, right here, right now. Let's respond by singing.